Hi, my name is Rosalind O, oh, and you are listening to True Heroes, the podcast that celebrates the ordinary people with extraordinary missions to make the world a better place one day at a time. This week, I sit down with Natalie Fee, the founder of City to Sea, and an environmental activist fighting plastic at its source to keep our waterways and coastlines clean. But first, some housekeeping. I've been away for a little while, and that's because I've been scheming. So I have so much interesting content that I have yet to reveal, and I'm really, really excited. Lots of surprises. Not gonna reveal too much of it now. But one sneak peek is that there might be an online equivalent of a cozy fireplace retreat for all of you true hero sidekicks. More on that later. If you're curious, listen all the way to the end of the episode. And if this is your first time listening to True Heroes, I think you should stay and listen to the whole episode. But don't take my word for it. Take the words of Billy Blanchard123, who says, Really enjoying this podcast so far. Very chill interview vibe. But also some deep insight into how people are seeking to tackle issues that weren't even on my radar. Gives you an idea of the breadth of possibilities out there. And if you're looking for a fulfilling and impactful career, and the interesting ways they others have been led to their cause. Thank you, Billy, for that wonderful review. And of course, one of these people tackling tough issues is Natalie. In this conversation, we cover the realities of plastic pollution in our rivers and seas, her journey to becoming an accidental environmental activist from her previous career as a TV presenter, and her really cool personal life, which involves writing silly songs. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Natalie Fee. Enjoy! Hi, Natalie! Thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure to be here. Yes, uh, we have Natalie Fee here, the founder of City to Sea. And of course, the first question has to be could you please briefly introduce yourself to the listeners? I can indeed. So, my name is Natalie Louise Fee. (laughs) I am 40 at the moment and I'm the founder of City to Sea which is an environmental campaigning organisation focused on stopping plastic pollution at source. I'm also an author, I'm a mother and occasional silly songwriter. Mm. I think that about sums it up. Right. And I think uh, I'm really intrigued by the silly songwriter. (laughs) Not that you're just any songwriter, but a silly songwriter. Quite interesting. I might have to dig into that later. Um, And obviously, the organization that we probably want to focus on today is City to Sea, though I am interested in all of your other endeavors as well. Um, Could you please tell me the mission that you want to achieve with your career, either directly with the organization or just kind of your personal career? Sure. I mean, I think the overall mission is specifically for City to Sea, for us to see the world's riverbanks and beaches covered in sand and sticks and seaweed and not plastic. Obviously, the the, the sort of meta vision is to create a better world and for us to not be wasting and leaking resources, but for us to be treating the earth as if it was a finite planet because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that is across our, our actions um, and in terms of pollution and, and also sort of looking after the earth that we live on as well. So that that's a pretty you know, big 
vision, but I think ultimately it boils down to stopping plastic from getting into the sea. Right. And I mean, I think marine plastics is finally getting some of the attention it deserves after, I think, decades of kind of, um, you know, other kinds of biodiversity or pollution uh, problems more at the forefront. And I think oceans, especially because humans often live on beaches and ocean fronts, but not, you know, obviously the deep seas and things like that. We don't see the impact of that all the time. And I think because of that, it's sometimes not gotten the attention and effort and resources it really deserves because it's such a significant problem, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're very fortunate, I think, at City to See. I, I started it back in, well, I, I guess I began the journey back in 2014, but we have officially launched as a CIC sort of 2015, 2016. And, and that was just ahead of the curve of, of when the media really got behind plastic pollution in the UK, particularly. Um, and so I feel like we have had an amazing few years where the media is really, really interested. The public awareness levels have just soared. Um, and we're generally finding this this sort of open door in terms of public awareness and media support which as a Great. campaigning organization is exactly you know the ideal ideal scenario right well and obviously you've t- taken um two different kind of uh, two angles simultaneously. One is ocean plastic, all of the different kind of pollution or climate change agendas you could go after. You've chosen kind of ocean and um, plastics. And you've also chosen the campaigning route as kind of the methodology to tackle this issue. I'm curious as to why. Well, I decide, I, I, I personally was just really distraught by the amount of plastic that I was seeing you know around the world but particularly here in my hometown of Bristol I could Mm. literally see it floating down the river out to the Bristol Channel and thinking well that was you know back in 2015 Bristol was the European green capital of Europe for the year and we were spewing plastic out I mean there was there was nothing green about what was coming out of our river um so so that really motivated me to to do something about it and I wasn't an ocean goer and I wasn't I didn't have any relationship with the sea so it was a an odd and it's been a peculiar journey for me to become an ocean ambassador when I was petrified of the sea hated mm. going on boats hated swimming <laughs> literally couldn't bear going you know I liked like being near the sea but I didn't like being on it or in it or over it interesting so it was interesting and and it, it it was more the the albatross really that kind of struck home of the consequences of what we were doing with our single-use plastic and how it was escaping and how it was damaging wildlife that was what made me get so upset and cross to the point that I knew I had to take action right and why the campaigning route I think um some people try to pick up you know plastic from the and some people try to do cleanup some people might do um, lobbying you've gone out and done a lot of media outreach and like you said you're trying to stop plastic at the source and you work a lot with consumers and trying to educate them mm. um why that approach i mean it was was it completely unplanned <laughs> i have no idea what i wanted to do or how i was going to do it i just i think i think the first thing that i landed on really was the 
well, was two things. It was cotton buds and it was plastic bottles. Mm. And the the cotton buds, you know, these little plastic sticks that I was finding in their hundreds whilst doing the beach clean. So I think although I, I didn't choose to go down the route of beach cleans as my way of addressing the problem, for me, I wanted to go further up right um up the chain really and and to really try and and yeah stop it from getting there in the first place that was that was my my mission and with the cotton buds it felt like such a no-brainer they didn't need to be made out of plastic they could be made out of paper or cardboard so then it was just a matter of saying well who's making these things and and now can they please stop so I just gave it a go and we were successful uh, which was great so we did run a petition um and I say we by that point I'd I'd got a little bit of funding from the water industry 15,000 pounds so not a lot they they didn't know who I was I didn't have a track record so I just thought okay let's um let's just see if they will give me some money because my just to explain my reasoning of why I went to the water companies because it was ultimately coming out of their sewage overflow pipes. So it was leaking from their water systems, their sewage systems into the natural environment. Um, And so that was my kind of, I felt they could be an ally to help fund the, 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 the solution. Great. And I'm also curious, kind of going all the way back to the beginning, because you talked about, you know, you didn't come from this background necessarily, but you were just so moved to be here. Mm. What did you do prior to this? I was working in TV, actually. I was working as a TV presenter for our local TV station, Made in Bristol TV. And prior to that, I'd been working in kind of environmental campaigning. No, sorry, not campaigning. I've been working in um, environmental film production, video production, Mm. for about three years prior to that. So I'd had about four or five years working in the media right and I'm wanting to tell more of an environmental story right so it sounds like that urge was there always and you were kind of like looking for an outlet looking for a cause to get behind yeah I mean it has in a way always been there my my background prior to that was more in well-being and I'd say the the inner the inner world um I wrote a book on happiness back in 2012 I used to be a bit of a life coach. I had a column for the Green Parent magazine. So my, mm. I, I was sort of more focused on the inner world, but I've always had a very tangible relationship with nature. Mm. So I've been aware of environmental issues and, and especially environmental issues that affected our health. But in recent years, and especially in that moment, um, when, when I became aware of the problem of plastic pollution in such a graphic and visceral way, that for me that that sense of being moved was was just so overwhelming and and there was nothing um that I I had to do something about it it was you know it 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 was um word I'm looking for it Mm. was just yeah I just had to I had to do something that's amazing a lot of people would push down that urge or forget about it but you decided to act on it and continue to act on it until today. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a thing that often people ask me, actually, you know, that, that we, a lot of the time we see this awful stuff on Facebook or, you know, uh, on the TV and we think, oh, yeah, that's awful, but then we carry on with our day jobs. Yeah. And 
so you know I, I, I've often been asked well why did why did I choose to to make a career out of it or to stop what I was doing and try and do something else and I, I think it was the force the strength of the feeling that I had and, mm-hmm. and actually it was grief and I realized mm-hmm. that I hadn't really felt that level of grief before for something outside of myself or my family or this was a grief for my planet and for the for myself getting emotional when I talk about it but like for the the species that we were losing and and are losing at such a such a a terrifying rate um that I felt I didn't really have a choice I think is is how I felt and were you able to find other people that echoed that grief or how was was it a struggle trying to get people to support trying to get um trying to reach out find a team because you have a great organization of over 30 people is that yeah. right? <laughs> right in in the past just just a few years yeah. um you have a great team so how was that journey starting from you one person with this strong kind of mission and all these kinds of that purpose that you want to achieve and then coming to here with an organization that has the same mission yeah I thought well, that's been a, an amazing journey and I think initially I just I just looked around me to see who was already doing the stuff that I was doing I actually thought initially well shall I just align with um, uh, an existing NGO mm. or nonprofit or charity that are already working on this, and I sent out some feelers, and it didn't feel like there was space for that. There weren't any particular jobs going that would have ticked that box. They didn't really want to align on the campaign that I had in mind, but I did. I did try. So I just thought, okay, well, I'll just try this myself. And because I think I have a bit of a knack for, and I'm comfortable asking for money, so I'm, I'm quite happy to go into a business and, and ask for money to fund what I'm doing. And I think that's been helpful because then I was able to pay people to deliver a project whilst I still had a day job working right. in the media. I had um, some great folk that, that started with me right in the beginning that actually were delivering Refill, which is our, our tap water campaign. Mm-hmm. So they were delivering the first part of refill in 2015 while I still had a job really yeah. wow yeah so, so you chose to pay your team before paying yourself yeah I did I mean wow. probably because it it wasn't enough for me to step out of my day job at the time or, or so I thought um and and I wasn't sure that it was gonna go anywhere I wasn't planning to set up a business or you know to I just thought well let's do this project and I'd been doing it in my spare time and to continue to do it in my spare time but then it just got to the point where my the 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 difference between my day job where I was working in a commercial local tv station and you know they got a lot of great things going for them but they weren't that interested in the environment or the real community stories that I wanted to tell. Right. So I then managed to get some more funding in for the Cotton Bud project and that's when I decided to step out of my day job and go down from a full-time job to paid one day a week. Right. So that was quite a big a big leap of faith. Yeah. Okay. 
we got to talk about refill. We haven't actually explained what it is to the listeners yet. No, refill. So, so yeah, we've talked a lot about cotton buds, which at the same time as Switch the Stick, the cotton bud campaign, we had the refill campaign growing, which was the other thing that, that was really bugging me, really, about <laughs> the plastic that I was seeing here in Bristol was bottle tops um, from plastic bottles and plastic bottles themselves. So those two things... I was just seeing everywhere we could walk along the riverbank in Bristol and be literally up to your knees in plastic bottles at some places. Ugh. It was awful. And and a lot of those, almost half, were water bottles, so single-use plastic bottled water. And I got very um, motivated at that point to really try and see if we could switch this obsession um, and the habit that we'd got into for just picking up a bottle of water on the go and discarding it after we've finished it really had to has to shift if we if we wanted to um, to try and reduce the amount of plastic that we're finding on riverbanks and beaches. So that was my idea with the refill campaign that we could just connect people to taps and fountains and put up stickers in the window and posters that made people feel welcome and like they were invited in to get a free refill. So that's that's how it began. My um, my mum lives down in Cornwall and they were running a similar scheme, uh, slightly different because they were selling bottles and, and raising money to to f- for, to support the local sea pool. But it was an idea that was was working with the tourists. So we just worked with them and looked at scaling that on or piloting it on a city level and and it was a huge success and now it's going international and it's yeah all over the all over the UK and and expanding internationally as well that is so exciting I know there's a somewhere there's an app involved I mean there's an app involved in pretty much everything definitely an app involved so yeah in 2016 we won some funding from the ordnance survey Mm. they've got a program called geovation and we went through the geovation boot camp and we had to pitch and it was really competitive and really challenging (laughs) and really exciting it was the most full-on thing I think any of us had really done in a business sense it was like you know, a weekend, a quite a grueling weekend of coming up, you know, honing your idea and coming up with it. And um, and we won, which was fantastic. So we won um, some seed funding for, for just to, for our expenses, but then we won their resources to build us a, an app. Right. So they built the first refill app in 2016. And then it was, you know, it was good enough. It, it mapped where these refill stations were. So you could find a refill station near you and you could also add a refill station. So if you, your local village shop was happy to give away free refills, you, with their permission, you could add them onto the app. Right. So it was a way of populating the, the, the taps and fountains around the country through people in their community and then that has had investment in it since so we we then have worked with the uh, water uk which is the overarching um membership organization for water companies in the uk mm-hmm. and they have um funded the roller of refill since from 2018 to 2020 a two-year project to get refill embedded on every high street in the UK right and and through that as well we were able to invest some more funding into the app so it's really fun now it's much the app is much more user-friendly we've had over 170,000 downloads and people are now coming back we've got like 42,000 
regular users, which for me is awesome. 42,000. Wow, that's a lot. It's good, isn't it? For any app, just to be actually have regular users, that's, wow. Yeah. Amazing. That's really successful, and it's only growing. So It's growing, because we're, we're going to make it, um, it's soon going to transition to become refill more. So mm. it's not just tap water. So we want to really um, encourage and lead the, the refill revolution beyond just taking your reusable bottle out, but actually developing a culture of reuse so you take your coffee cup out with you your lunchbox you get discounts when you take your lunchbox out when you're doing your shopping for your household products you carry your empty laundry liquid bottles and you refill those Mm. so we want to show on the app where people can go to refill whatever it is in their life they want to refill wine olive oil the possibilities are endless yep Oh, and I love um, all the different zero-waste shops that are available exactly. in Bristol where you can do exactly that, you know, yeah. get, get a pound of flour or a liter of uh, washing yeah. liquid or anything. We, we are really fortunate in Bristol to have that. Um, currently, I would say it's still appealing and, and accessible for a sort of a middle-class <laughs> market because yeah. some of the things are still more expensive, but that is starting to change and I think the more that that we show that there is an appetite and a trend towards that that's when the supermarkets like we're seeing and again it's Waitrose it's the first it's a middle-class supermarket that has done it first but that's you know you kind of you go with the low-hanging fruit and you normalize it right. and that's where you start to then see the 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 ripple effect out to um the sort of mainstream supermarkets um, and then it becomes more affordable. Exactly. We're trying to get to that economies of scale. Trying yes. to push there, trying to get there. Yeah, that'd yeah. be ideal. Yeah, exactly. And I'm quite excited. I just discovered in my local health food shop, they're now selling these British peas. So dried peas, which peas are one of the most sustainable things we can eat and grow in the UK. So they're really? high in protein. They're, they're sort of, um, they're easy to grow in our climate they're good for the soil and they're generally a really cool thing to eat in the UK. It's British mm-hmm. peas. And so I was really happy to see in my local health food shop, they're selling um, salt and vinegar roasted peas and wasabi peas. And they're Ooh. cheap. It's like £1.50 for a massive bag of them. So, well, I mean, yeah. you know, that's the kind of, that's more sustainable. I'm, I'm excited about that. That also, um, well, I'm just excited because that sounds delicious yeah. beyond anything yeah. else. I mean, it is, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's always a plus. That helps. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so we talked a lot about all this journey. And um, do you have sort of a vision that you're working towards? Kind of a future that you want to see, uh, either for a city to see, for yourself? I mean, in a way, city to see has just started. So where do you want to go? Yeah, I mean, that's something that my team have have repeatedly asked me because <laughs> okay. I have been flying by the seat of my pants um, and just, I mean, I say that flippantly. I guess I'm very much a, an in-the-flow, moment-to-moment kind of person and I, I listen. I, I have a sort of, a, I'd say, a deep sort of listening practice and I, I go where I feel I'm needed. But as the organisation grows, and as you said, you know, with a team of 30 people, they need to have a little bit more of a, um, 
the, the pathway to see where we're going. So it is something we've been working on, our five-year vision um, for City to See, and really seeing us becoming a, a leading behaviour change and campaigning organisation still in the plastic space, but also um, delivering content. And I think for me, I'm, I'm really, uh, I enjoy funny and entertaining and engaging content and I would like us to be be leading more on that as we as we go forward and also going beyond plastic I mean plastic has been a fantastic introduction to many people as to the state of the environment and also our agency and how we can actually change it and with enough noise and racket and pressure the supermarkets change and the government changes slowly very very slowly (laughs) but eventually it happens yes so so yeah for us taking people on that journey we've got over forty thousand people signed up to our plastic free journal which goes out every month and, and and that's a way that we can communicate other things like switching your energy supplier and uh switching your bank uh because all of these things ultimately play into um the the bigger climate issue that we're facing and especially around banks and pensions that also feeds into the plastics issue so yeah all of that and i of course i have to ask this um and when you say funny entertainment is that where the silly songs come in <laughs> yeah kind of although the the silly songs like I've I've generally I am quite a silly person in that I just I like silliness I like having having fun I don't take myself too seriously and uh, I think some of our best videos with City to See have been the sillier ones we've got a, a one um, a plastic free travel campaign video um, which is definitely more back to our silly roots um and I think, yeah, in terms of the songs and the poems, I guess it's not really what I would do at a corporate talk, mm-hmm. but it's the kind of thing that I do because I think the the scale and the severity of the climate catastrophe and the loss of biodiversity is so overwhelming. And whilst I'm I'm readily talk about grief and how important it is for us to feel that, it's also really important for us to laugh yep. and 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 have fun and and relax. Yep. So um, so yes, I think generally my my talks when it's like at a bookshop or at a more informal affair might end up with me on a ukulele. <laughs> Amazing! Oh, now I gotta search on YouTube. Will I find anything on YouTube? Not yet. So yeah, ah. yeah. Not yet. <laughs> I like that. Versus a no, I like yeah. that much better. I mean, City to See started with a song. I mean, when really? I yeah, when I first had that experience with the albatross, and I wanted to do something. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, okay, I'm going to go and start a campaign. I didn't start with that. I started by thinking, I know, I'll do a song. <laughs> because that's how you save the world, is with a song. A song and dance, to be specific. Um, ah, even better. And I'd, yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd written a fairly serious, you know, poppy kind of song about mm-hmm. um, personal struggles. Occasionally I, I write sort of serious songs as well. And, and I'd written this song and I thought, well, the music video could work if it was about plastic pollution so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like 
oh, there's loads of plastic in the sea, we need to stop it. It wasn't that kind of song. It was more a, like, you know, emotional power rock song, not rock pop. Um, and so I said, okay, I'll do a crowdfunding campaign. I will make a video. The video can be about plastic pollution and it will go viral and change the world. That was that was my vision for that. Um, and so... I mean, I, I achieved at least the production of it. Yeah. Um, I think we tailed off at around 1,400 views on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, that's that's not going to change the world, is it? Well, I would say to that, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> and also, out of those 1,400 people, you don't know, I don't know how many of those people had a wake-up moment and were like, I have to go and stop drinking Coca-Cola and never buy bottled water again and change my ways. I don't know. That might have happened. So it's true. You never know what impact you've had. But I think for me at that point, I was like, I can do more. I yeah. can do more than a music video. The cotton buds are really annoying me. Why don't I try and do something about that? Yeah. And so that's sort of, that's where the campaigning bit came after that. Right. Fun, fun. Yeah. Um, but I do know there is one direction you want to go, which you've mentioned before, um, at least with the refill campaign, which is to go international. Mm. Mm, so what's your vision for that? And how has the rollout been beyond the UK? Yeah. Has it been easy, difficult? I mean, it's there's a simple answer to that. And I think if we had an international sponsor, it would have been easy. Mm -hmm. So in the UK, we we were fortunate enough to, well, we, we'd worked hard with the water companies, with one water company at a time, sponsoring refill in their area. Right. And that enabled us to give it to the communities and for them to roll it out and then for us to have some money as well to develop the app and to obviously do the back core administration and team management stuff. So when Water UK said, let's do that across the whole of every water company in the UK that was like supercharged us and the right. supercharged the campaign and enabled us to just get on with it mm. we know that there is demand for refill all around the world we've got 40 countries that just want to get going with it amazing but we don't have that overall yet <laughs> let's come back to that word we don't have that overall overarching partner that sees the value in that and, and for their brand as well because it is a good right. thing to, to be involved with the brand has value uh, has has value um so if we had that i think it would have been a lot easier because the delivery partners are there like the ngos the communities the volunteers all around the world that want to make it happen um, and we've got the infrastructure here now in the UK and to, to, to be able to deliver that. So, but at the moment, it's a bit piecemeal. It's sort of finding a, a partner for this country or a partner for this town. And it, so it's a bit slower going. Um, and that's obviously something that we're working on is trying to find that, you know, countrywide sponsor or possibly global sponsor that we can work with to help us fulfill that. I mean, can I just throw some off-the-cuff kind of ideas? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I'm just thinking about uh, 
corporate sponsors like Nestle or Coca-Cola who are super invested into <laughs> why are you you okay you okay you okay is that yeah. is that your dream or Natalie falls off her chair is that the opposite I mean carry on your no carry on your no, life I'm just thinking because um for example back in Vancouver um yeah. Hope and that kind of general area is one of their biggest water sources for Nestle when they do bottled water. Yeah. And um, and so because of that, they invested it a lot in charities and especially social enterprises that yeah. had to do with water. Um, and there's a part of me that it feels like that little justice warrior being like, they caused it, they should pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, they should fix their own problem that they contributed to. I, mean, I love that way of looking at it. I mean, it's like, well, you you caused it then you clean it up. <laughs> but I think the problem is, is they're still causing it. Yeah. Like, if yeah. they were like, we're sorry, we're going to really, you know, transition properly away from this. We're going to fund the rollout of, you know, bajillion fountains and, um, you know, we're going to really support deposit schemes. I, I think there are possibly some criteria that if they were doing, I would consider working with them. But there's a real danger for us of of greenwash of kind of taking money from the big polluters right um for them to feel better about the fact that they are carrying on polluting right um but it's a live conversation within the organization i mean they haven't approached us and said we'll do it um probably because we know they'd we'd give them a grilling mm-hmm. um, but to be honest there's very few major companies in the world with the kind of budget that you know we're talking about to roll out an international yeah. campaign that are squeaky clean yeah they're ultimately there because they've profited from you know mining packaging whatever the earth's resources and selling them at a, at a profit and they're yeah. all still making huge profits so we, we could be venturing into the conversation of neoliberalism and capitalism here but I think (laughs) I think you know keeping keeping things straight um and simple I think yeah there's a there's a conflict of interest there for us but I would imagine you know someone like say MasterCard or it's like there's you know they use plastic it's not single use those those sort of big brands um some of the big banks are are doing some really great things and, and, and divesting from fossil fuels and mm-hmm. um, doing, you know, there, there is some big shifts happening. But I like, I, like your, I like your suggestions. Okay, hopefully it's something. Um, and I'm thinking about my friends who were like social entrepreneurs and they were trying to raise funding and there was this notion of getting funding from H&M, for example, and, you know, it's ethical, sustainable fashion that they were trying to promote and then talking to H&M, basically, of there's this, yeah, and um, listening to their conversation being, can we be the drop in the giant bucket of H&M that isn't, it, it, first of all, it's partially about, yes, getting funding from them, but can we now have used this relationship to affect how they do it, mm. right? Can we be a source of influence and if business as usual is very difficult to change for a large corporation with a global supply chain, can we be a innovative hub where they can experiment, where they can um, just show a new way of doing things? Um, and that was their approach, which is, you know, not necessarily exactly the same. Again, always context specific and depends on the relationship you could or would have with yeah. that corporate sponsor. But 
again, off the cuff kind of thoughts. Um, and yeah. we're going to have to get pretty close to wrapping up soon. Good. I've been enjoying this conversation. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and I think there are probably really clear ways that the average listener um, as a consumer, as a citizen could get involved because, you know, all your campaigns are designed for people to take charge of the issue. Um, yeah. Could you kind of, you know, outline a few different things that the listeners could do? Sure. So in terms of reducing your your plastic pollution so i mean i think we, we've got our our plastic free journal which goes out once a month from city to sea which helps you look at different areas of your life and how you can reduce plastic in those areas of your life so and i would say go with the issues that you're most interested in if you're most interested in business look at how you can start whittling down single-use plastic within your business if you're interested in um, female empowerment and women's issues look at how plastic-free periods are changing mm. the world and how the sort of disruptive period products that are available and how you can share news of that and embed that in your in your, uh, in your your life. Um, or if it's, um, yeah, sort of communities, then obviously we've got the refill campaign and ways that you can get involved with refill in your community and um, and, and, and really start sort of, yeah, working together as a community to, to phase out plastics where you live. Mm. But those are just off the top of my head. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I bet if I actually had you uh, write them down in an email, you could probably come up with 15, 50, 100. I probably could. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. Amazing. <laughs> oh, and in terms of the refill campaign, could you, um, what would we basically have to look up in Google Play Store or App Store to find the it's app? It's literally just called Refill. It's there you go. That's <laughs> simple. We're Refill on Twitter We're we're um, for the refill campaign, um, and it's just Refill on the app. Perfect. Yeah. Any other um, ways to follow you um, or follow City to Sea or follow the refill campaign if the listeners want to stay Please up to do. date? Please I'm, do. I'm, I'm probably best on Twitter. You know, you kind of find your groove with your social media. Yeah. Please don't let them invent another one. I've just, <laughs> I think Instagram, Twitter and Facebook is, is quite enough. But I'm Natalie Fee on, on Twitter and I'm Natalie Fee underscore on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I would say Instagram is where you might see me sharing silly videos and, you know, right. chats and things in my stories. Um, but Twitter is more my, you know, news and, and things that I'm campaigns and those sort of things there. Mm. Um, and of course, that is where you'll find news of my book, which is coming out in October. So that's, yeah, if people want to follow follow news of that then they can can you tell us at least the title and definitely a little bit about what it is I can i'm very excited about it so the book goes beyond plastic it's called how to save the world for free Ooh. and it has got a beautiful blue cover with a lovely illustration on it and bright yellow text um and I fought very hard for this cover. <laughs> I'm really, really pleased with it. Uh, so it's coming out in October, um, and it ultimately um, is a an upbeat and practical guide to how we can all make a difference on an individual level. Mm. Um, and so I cover the seven things that we need to save, so from forests and oceans and our soil, atmosphere, um, biodiversity, us, those kind of <laughs> subjects. And then, But that's only about a quarter of the book, and then it's it's pretty much all then just solutions focused but it also looks at things like voting and democracy 
um, banking, and there's there's uh, and as well as it touches a little bit on campaigning as well. So it is about the individual actions that we can take, but it also touches on system change and other things that we can be thinking about and and doing. That's amazing because I feel like the ethos of the book is perfectly aligned with kind of the goals of the podcast. So I think definitely listeners listening to this will be interested. Hooray. Um Where can they get it? Just they kind of can get it. You can pre-order it on Amazon, Waterstones, or Foils. Okay. Um, it's available around the world as well. We're kind of launching this in the US at the same time as well. So wherever you're listening from, I'd love it if you could grab a copy. Let me know what you think. Uh, I think that also that call to action is me included because I'm quite curious and I would love to read it. Um, and in general, yeah, yeah, I'd save the world for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, just, yeah, um, obviously I have that little hidden question oh, I yeah. uh, kept from you, but any other things you want to say to the listeners? Any kind of fun comments? Before? No, I love you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that went straight to the heart. Oh, okay. I, oh, I feel attacked. Okay. Me too. Okay. Um, last question. Uh, you know the title of our podcast, True Heroes. Yeah. Do you think of yourself as a true hero? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I don't really think of myself as that. Um, I think of other people that are my true heroes. Okay. But I, I wouldn't, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's that, maybe like for an albatross, I am one of their true heroes. Okay. Because um, mm-hmm. I did all this for them. Right. <laughs> right. That is true. <laughs> mm. You can be a true hero for a single being, if not for the entire humanity. Uh, you know, I mean, I, there's also that sort of awkwardness about, you know, not wanting to, that sort of Englishness awkwardness, I don't know that we <laughs> like to blow our own trumpet. You know, I, I'm happy to blow my own trumpet in, uh, you know, the sense of I have I have created something and, and made change happen and I'm, I'm quietly proud of that. Um, but ultimately, I feel like I haven't done any of it by myself. I've just mm. followed... A feeling and it's only because of the energy that I receive from nature and the incredible people that I have around me that any of this has happened so nature is my true hero that's amazing that's beautiful thank you so much Natalie for your time for the amazing conversation for but most importantly the amazing work you do and the amazing person you are Oh, thanks. <laughs> all the feelings. <laughs> this so lovely. This room is full oh, of all the feelings. I and hope you're all feeling it too. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. You can check out City to Sea at www.city2c.org.uk. That's spelled C I T Y City. Two as in T O and C as in our oceans. S-E-A. Their Twitter is at city to see underscore. You can also find them on LinkedIn and they have a YouTube channel and you can just Google city to see to find them. Natalie's book, How to Save the World for Free, is being released in UK and most English speaking markets in October 2019. It might actually already be on the physical and digital bookshelves of your usual bookstore. I am so excited to get my hands on the copy because, you know, 
Come on. I want to save the world for free. Don't you? So also check out Refill app on Google Play Store and Apple Store. And if you want to see more businesses around you, refill reusable water bottles and discourage uh, purchasing of single-use plastic bottles, let them know. Speak to your local businesses and let them know about the refill campaign. And oh, last but not least, um, Natalie's silly songs can be found on her Instagram at NatalieFee underscore. Please subscribe to True Heroes wherever you get your podcasts and share the podcast link on your social media and tell all your friends. This podcast is brought to you ad-free by yours truly. And one way to support the show is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever new app allows you to leave reviews. And every review will boost True Heroes up the charts. It helps new listeners find the show and so... I might also read out one of your reviews at the beginning of the next episode. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And of course, now I actually have to tell you what the big surprise is. And the big surprise is that I'm launching a Patreon community for this podcast and OKO overall in the next couple of weeks. My dream for this Patreon page is for it to basically be a place where all the people who care about solving humanity's greatest problems come brainstorm and they talk about their dreams on how to make the world a better place and then admit to each other we don't know what on earth we're doing and help each other out. It'll be so inspirational, it'll be so inclusive. I've got big plans and I'm really excited, so please join. Of course, this podcast is a brainchild of OCO, the company whose mission is to generate hope, opportunity, and capacity for everyone in secondary cities. Thanks for lending an ear to True Heroes. Talk to you next time.